very grateful for that. Uh, we're in the middle of a series on uh, Robert Johnson's book titled Inner Gold. And, you know, when I began this, I, I was a little hesitant because uh, I knew I was going to have to do a lot of reading, but I've had a lot of comments uh, come through the email uh, saying that, that people are enjoying it, that they're, they're getting some, some real benefit out of it. And uh, I was real happy to hear that. It's, Johnson has a, a marvelous way of taking uh, Jungian concepts and breaking them down into stories that uh, people, people can wrap their minds around and then understand what it was that Jung was trying to convey. And for addicts, I think he's a particularly important figure, uh, Jung, not so much Johnson, because he started this whole process. He sent uh, Roland Hazard in, in search of a spiritual experience. And, and I think what, what Johnson helps us do is understand what's going on at the depth of that spiritual experience. And in this book, it's titled Inner Gold, and he's talking about uh, the gold that resides deep within us, uh, and that we have a very difficult time seeing, witnessing, appreciating, and it's not satisfactory, uh, because the gold is inside, and that's where we have to go if we're going to find it. So uh, that's what uh, his book is about, and we are up to chapter three, and in this chapter, he talks about love, which is probably the essence of what uh, the gold is, what God is, who we are, uh, and yet we don't realize it. And he does this in telling the name of the chapters, the figure of Beatrice in Dante's Divine Comedy. So he's going to take this story of the Divine Comedy and in a very simple way, uh, get to the essence of what that story can mean for us. He starts off this way. He says, I want to share a love story. It is similar to a million love stories that preceded and a million that have followed since. But this story is extraordinary because it happened to a great poet who recorded it in the most beautiful language. Dante was standing near the Ponte Vecchio, a bridge that crosses the Arno River in Florence. It was just before 1300, a time of great awakening in the collective unconscious of the Western world. Dante saw Beatrice standing on the bridge. He was a young man, she even younger, and that vision contained the whole of eternity for him. It was a vision of completeness. Think back to the first time you saw her, guys, <laughs> or ladies, to the first time you saw him. Your heart exploded. Something happened. You know, and the same thing kind of happens with, with, with our addiction. <laughs> uh, we, we, we experience something uh, divine. Uh, something that transports us to another dimension that exists within the soul, but that we're not yet ready to understand. Dante did not speak to her. He saw her very little. And then Beatrice died, carried off by plague. 
Dante was stricken with the loss of his vision. She was the intermediary between his soul and heaven itself. 650 years later, during World War II, the Americans were chasing the German army up the Italian boot. The Germans were blowing up everything of aid to the progression of the American army, including the bridges across the Arno River. But no one wanted to blow up the Ponte Vecchio because Beatrice had stood on it and Dante had written about her. So the German army made radio contact with the Americans and in plain language said they would leave the Ponte Vecchio intact if the Americans would promise not to use it. The promise was held, the bridge was not blown up and not one American soldier or piece of equipment went across it. We're such hard bitten people that we need hard bitten proof of things. And this is the most hard bitten fact I know to present to you. The bridge was spared in a modern ruthless war because Beatrice had stood upon it. Dante went on to marry and he and Signora Alighieri raised three children. Then suddenly, at the midpoint of his life, he fell into a deep depression. His epic poem, Divine Comedy, begins by saying that he was walking along in the afternoon of his life and fell into a deep hole. No one has described the midlife crisis any better. You're going along, things pretty well in hand, and suddenly you fall into a hole. I tell in my story that 20 years of recovery in AA, doing well, things are going great. Boom, I fell into a hole. Something was missing. It's the midlife crisis. Often comes around 20 years of sobriety. Is this all? It's the, it's the soul seeking after something more. And that something is what we have to find. So that, that's really, to me, what this story is about, or at least it's the way, in part, that, that I relate to it. Dante finds himself in the underworld and above the portal into what turns out to be hell is a sign, abandon hope, all ye who enter here is about. It's that um, for the first part of life, Jung said, a set of rules apply to gather, to gain, to become, uh, to build up, to become somebody. But then in the second half of life, it's a letting go, which is very hard for mo most of us addicts to let go of it, uh, to have appreciated it, but to uh, give it back. Not in the sense that he's talking about the other gold, but, you know, in, in some of the other examples that we used in the first three episodes here, uh, this, this is different. This, this is giving it back in its fullness because it's now with, within us. And that's what we have to learn in the second half of life, that it's not out there. It's in here. It is our own gold. And as we lay claim to it, as we recognize who we truly are, sons and daughters of God,
all right, then, then it's okay to, to let go of things, lesser things, uh, because we have everything uh, within. But back to hell uh, for right now. Johnson says the lowest level of hell is the worst. It is frozen. To reach the coldness of life, loneliness and meaninglessness is the worst experience human beings go through, worse than the 50 aspects of hell, excuse me, the fiery aspects of hell, sorry. Under the guidance of Virgil, Dante gets to the bottom of hell and just keeps going. You don't come out of hell through the door you entered. You go through it and out the other side. On the other side of hell lies heaven. Dante and Virgil are in the middle of the world, which is where the devil lives. And Dante gets through that nodal point, the point of zero gravity at the center of the world by shimmying down the hairy leg of the devil and finds himself in purgatory. Hell lays out what's wrong, the hellish dimensions of life. And purgatory begins the repair, what you need in order to be restored. You need to be treated. Now, I've worked in treatment uh, all of my adult life, um, but I want you to listen now to uh, Johnson as he describes what real treatment is about. He says, the verb to treat comes from the Latin tractus, from trahere, to pull or drag. The earliest therapists had a series of stones with increasingly smaller holes in them, and you were literally pulled through. The biggest one first, a smaller one next, until you couldn't be pulled through anymore. You came out of this experience minus a bit of skin, but you were treated. Dante is pulled through a hole from the center of the world and begins his ascent through purgatory, its many levels and teachings. Jung said, uh, after midlife, pain uh, becomes our teacher. It's the, it's the only thing that we're really going to learn from. Uh, like Richard Rohr came along a while later and said, there, there are two ways a person can learn. One is through pain, the other is through prayer. <laughs> but he said, most people will choose the pain. So pause, I would, I would say, at this point in the story and look, look at your own life. Is this not true? Uh, aren't the painful lessons the ones that brought learning to you? Another raise, another promotion, another victory, uh, really good in the beginning, not so meaningful after you've been at it for a while. And people who are out there chasing one more victory, watch them. There's an emptiness to their lives. They're not satisfied um, because they're not dealing with what is inside. 
and needs to be taken care of at this stage of the journey. He says at this point, Virgil approaches Dante and says, I cannot take you any further. When one embarks on this sacred journey, one relinquishes control. This can be terrifying. Ain't that the truth? You are completely dependent, a frightening prospect for a modern person. When Virgil packs up and leaves, he says in essence, I think that's why at 20 years sober, I was so grateful that I, I found the missing element uh, of the AA program, which was the prayer, the meditation, the two-way prayer that opened me up to the experience of the divine voice that lives within me. And having done many, many workshops, <laughs> lives within all of us. If, if we can find that source and allow that source to grow and to guide, that's, that's what keeps the journey uh, alive and fresh and moving. I was getting bored after 20 years of AA, going to meetings, and uh, is this all there is? Well, a little hell, a lot of hell uh, at that 20-year point, but then things started to open. And that's what I think is beautiful about Johnson's story. It's, it's, it's one that I hope all of us uh, can relate to. And I hope you can uh, relate to it earlier uh, than I did. And that's quite possible. When you are ready to listen, Beatrice will appear. A man I knew who was at this point on his journey asked me where his guide was. He needed her so badly. I suggested he look for her in his active imagination. When he did, she appeared instantly, and she told him, I've been waiting for you for 20 years. You only had to ask. Beatrice will be there the moment you ask and are truly ready to listen. Important message. Beatrice shows Dante the vision of the unitive world. She takes him through the rest of purgatory and into heaven. Then at the last moment, she gives way to another guide, St. Bernard, which is puzzling. But Beatrice is the psychopomp, a wonderful medieval word for soul guide, who leads Dante through the deep levels of purgatory into the vision of heaven, a journey of wholeness and healing. Dante owes his success initially to Virgil, but primarily to Beatrice, who leads, inspires, and awakens him spiritually. Beatrice is no less powerful a figure today. Every man has a double anima. He comes factory equipped. It is absolutely ingrained with two visions of woman. How he manages this dilemma says a great deal about his integrity. The first is the heavenly vision, a Beatrice-like figure who leaves him speechless at 
at the world that she opens for him. Beatrice appears early in a man's life and all he can do is store her away until he is strong enough to re-encounter her. The other vision is an earthy woman who is lots of fun, sexually attractive and perfect for courtship. She has all the human attributes as well as the dark aspects, a dragon, a bitch, a whore. <laughs> Every man is torn between the light and dark expectations of woman. And every woman has experienced man vacillating between these visions. This is the other side now. The woman's animus also comes double. A knight on a white horse and a barbarian. Her soul guide, usually a male figure, will guide her in much the same manner as Beatrice guides Dante. If you're homosexual, the same thing happens, but the labels are reversed. We all follow the same path. Hope you're following this. Uh, that that uh, Jung talks about the anima and the animus. The anima is feminine, the feminine side of a man's psyche the soul. In the woman, it's the reverse. And we're not whole until we get in touch with these undeveloped parts of ourselves. For, for the masculine, it's typically to develop the feeling side. For the feminine, it's to develop more the internal masculine side, to become more empowered herself and not to have to rely on uh, the white knight to come along and save her, all right? So that's the, that's the dynamic that's playing out deep, deep in our psyches. And of course, most of us uh, don't even realize it. But if you can realize it, then it's gonna, it's gonna open us up to understanding the things that are happening to us and in many cases, save us from, uh, from a lot of trials and turmoils and pain, because we're not going to look so much outside for our Savior as inside. As the big book says, the great reality is within, you know. Beatrice, the heavenly anima figure, is the vision of all that is tender and beautiful, if you are personally unlucky like Dante, although lucky in an impersonal way, the person who awakens Beatrice in your life will vanish or even die, separating herself from you. Beatrice can live within you only in subtle form. If you marry Beatrice, your marriage will drift off because it is more a kind of worship than a marriage or you will turn your Beatrice into the earthly anima image and then wonder what happened to the goddess you married. Probably like Dante, you will marry an earthy woman 
who will bear children and help manage your household. You are companions and you talk and fight and make love and go through the vicissitudes of life together. But she is not Beatrice. At age 45 or 50, when you have raised your children and become accomplished in your work, suddenly you fall into a hole. The more sensitive and intelligent you are, the deeper the hole might be. A guide in the form of Virgil may come and list all the things in your life that have gone wrong. These are the nine levels of hell. Your guide, your intelligence, will disillusion you. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here, is a classical beginning to what Jung called the individuation process or the spiritualization of a man. If I could rewrite that sign, Johnson says, it would say, give up all expectations and presently held concepts. We might say, live life on life's terms and, and not at the level that discounts life, that is so imaginary that it's lost touch with the great reality that we're living. Eh? The job of your intelligence is to catalog hell for you, to tell you all the things that don't work, if your integrity is sufficient, if you go forward, Beatrice will come in the form of a radiant vision of hope and the feminine to take you the rest of the way and gently deposit you in heaven. This will be one of the most profound experiences of your life. I'm so grateful that at, at the end of 20 years, I didn't, I didn't go away from AA. I just went deeper into AA, looking back. I, I went deeper on the journey that Jung sent Roland Hazard to experience a transformation. He said, you need a psychic change. You need to change at the level of soul. And this is the kind of stuff that he was talking about. It's the inner journey. And if guys and gals can make this, then, um, and I've seen people like this in the program, they have a glow about them. They've done their work. They've been through hell. And they've learned the lessons that hell has to teach, that purgatory has to teach, that suffering has to teach. And the lesson is letting go. Letting go of what? Of all that is not gold. You could say it another way, of all that is not God. You know? Just take the L out of gold and I think we have God. I guess that L stands for hell. <laughs> well, there you go. Modern men and women have forgotten how to take this journey. Even with the best of motives, trying to find that vision of life that will nourish us and give meaning to the progression of our days on earth, we do crazy things. We let our marriage go to pieces and marry someone else, hoping to find the visionary feminine in her. 
had a sponsor who was dealing with this uh, many, many years ago. He says, you know, <laughs> uh, he, he, he was not married to Beatrice. Uh, you know, uh, but he said, you know, I've worked it out with her. I don't want to start all over again with somebody else and go through the same damn process. May as well stick around. She, she's learned I'm not the knight in shining armor, and I've learned she's not Beatrice. Now perhaps we can have a more human relationship, all right? Built on the ground and not up in the stars. Johnson says, we would do well to learn from Dante. Most important is to remember that Virgil, the one who helps us discern what is wrong, and Beatrice, the heavenly guide, are both interior figures, and that this is an interior journey. It's an inside job. It has its exterior dimension. If you are an artist, a poet, a healer, a teacher, or a mystic, you will produce outer, tangible results of your journey. But the journey is essentially inner. This is the most important thing to learn. You will never find a Beatrice to marry because she is in your imagination, your art, and your prayers. When you seek her in an interior way, she will come in an instant. But you must be humble enough to ask your feminine side for these rare qualities of tenderness and beauty, receptivity and love. Without doing so, it can be difficult to become truly whole even if you experience her as a real woman who has entered your life, the grace that has descended upon you is your inner awakening, catalyzed by this wonderful experience. It is not the other, it is in you. It is our gold, it is an inside job, the great reality is within. We are the children of the living God. <laughs> and, uh, and that divinity burns inside of us. How hard, how hard it is to grasp. All right. I think Johnson does a, a marvelous job of uh, giving us a vision of, of what the soul what the soul really looks like. Uh, and it's all about uh, finding that right relationship, not with her, but with God. And then with her. <laughs> so have fun. Uh, oh, I know the, the John, Johnson does some heavy, heavy stuff here. Uh, I know that, but I, I hope you're staying with it. And I, I hope you're, uh, benefiting from it. And I hope you're listening to what's going on uh, deep inside. So thank you. Thank you for showing up. Hope it's helpful. You know, uh, Dr. Bob said, keep it simple. And I don't, I, I think I'm trying to do that. I, I don't think this is terribly, terribly complicated, but I do think it's terribly, terribly important. And he read a lot and he uh, 
prayed a lot and uh, he changed a lot at, at some very deep levels. So hope the same is happening to you. God bless.